Hi, I'm Rajor Shidash and you're listening to Queerness and Storytelling in India. Today I'm joined by a very close friend, someone who has a master's in French literature, is into candle making, fantasy parade, enjoys moonlight, hula hooping, navigating through the shadows. And let me say, maybe specifically to the shadows within JNU. I have a Jyoti Singh with me, whom I have known for, I guess, about five years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, thank you, Jyoti, for doing this. And I, I want to know, like, do you see yourself as an artist, given how skillful you are that you have the fact that you are like an aunt you are an entrepreneur and you, you do make these sort of gorgeous candles hi hi uh when it comes to calling oneself an artist i think it's a it's it's there's a st- there's still a lack of uh, uh confidence into believing it fully but at the same time uh I mean, my when when I create something, uh, I I want it to have some impact, and it doesn't come out. Uh, um, I mean, intentionally, but uh, there's a sense of uh, sense of that impact that I wanted to uh, have, and uh, I believe that that kind of uh, slowly, slowly, gradually uh, validates my identity of uh, becoming an artist mm-hmm. so it's like a process uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm i'm gradually constructing it and i am still exploring myself i think in the morning i was reflecting upon how my body has uh, responded to my earlier uh, passion that i would say dance and uh, and that was uh, that response came it was a uh, response to trauma and that 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 response was something like i i was not dancing like i did before it was it was more free it was it was more i would say uh uh it was it was in a sense of of whole of totality but uh, now i think my that uh, response since it uh, it kind of uh, created a lot of inhibitions in me it has taken an alternative form which is hula hoop in some sense where you know when i am not uh, able to uh, find the movements i feel in my body i think that hula hoop uh, takes uh, you know the the turn that uh, that I was missing maybe. It's still like, I realized that now I am more closer to this and this is some kind of, you know, expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you once told me that uh, candles are my calm, hula hooping uh, release. And and this is exactly what I was thinking yeah. about, you know, like, um, especially when you think of queerness and candle making, um, like I, I don't know much about candle making, of course, but given how you use them, it's almost like it's an extension of uh, the kind of work that you are interested in. And I also remember uh, you had a stall in uh, Delhi Hut, which talked about, which sort of had a lot of posters on Stand with Kashmir, uh, posters of Savitri Bhai Phule, Baba Sahib Ambedkar. Um, 
So do you think this is a way uh, for you to not just navigate a personal trauma, but also like something more like, let's say, uh, generational, historical, trying to also kind of build connections across uh, our communities? Like, because when you think of candle making, uh, I would not instantly associate it with uh, Ambedkar or uh, Kashmir, you know, so, but, but it's a sort of an interesting, exciting intersections that you're trying to build there, especially if I'm thinking about a space like Delhi Hut, which is, you know, like very sort of liberal, mainstream Delhi crowd, um, which sort yeah. of goes there. Yeah, uh, I would uh, surely agree with that. Uh, even in the sense of, uh, I'll start with the personal trauma. It's not really uh, personal, personal per se. And uh, yeah, when I, uh, you know, look into it more and more, and I find that it has more deeper connections. It's kind of a loop. It it just goes on and on. And uh, through certain ways, it just keeps coming and hitting at you. But uh, I think my work uh, speaks to me of that that little, uh, you know, uh, door that I'll find. Something where I am trying to channelize it, talk through it, talk something which is not just, you know, limited to uh, the physical nature of wax and, you know, the mood that a fragrance would give. It's like a story which is very uh, it has it which is very abstract sometimes but at the same time it is uh, it is getting manifested into some you know something that i'm trying to do and say there is something that i'm trying to say through that mm-hmm. so how do you like when you think of candles like and you when you make a candle how do you get the ideas of design so are there like any inspiration that is coming from your anti-caste politics or politics that believes in justice like is there some connection there uh i'd say when it comes to sometimes uh, maybe suppose for example i'm thinking of a color gradient and there is uh, some you know um, i don't know i mean uh, it's very um, I- i'll try to find some some assertion in that color where I'm trying to create a form and I will visualize it that if one looks at it in that mood or, you know, if one looks at it in that light, what, uh, you know, what kind of uh, uh, that instant uh, feeling one can get. Yeah, I make notes, I, you know, uh, or sometimes I just uh, uh, relentlessly experiment with the, with the wax that I have. So a lot of times, uh, for example, one of my collections uh, called uh, Sublime, the idea of it was very simple. I was just thinking that, uh, you know, I, it's, I, it was, it was, it was a very, uh, I'd say, um, uh, um, you know, bizarre kind of time during lockdown. And uh, I was just wanting that I should create something which, which, uh, which soothes. And uh, then, yeah, I started thinking of this idea and I had no idea that I could create that thing, which, you know, the the flowers that I created in that candle. So I'd have, I had no idea. I was just experimenting and experimenting and suddenly I just found that I made a leaf. And uh, then I researched more and more into, you know, um, uh, different, different uh, pages and the, because the recipe or the you know tips are not uh, readily available for these things so yeah i it just you know it just got made and 
when it comes to candle making it is also just not candle making i was also learning how to create wax forms so post that i got my uh, you know something that i really wanted to work upon uh, so i got this uh, project called uh, 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 cast atrocities during lockdown and so they were finding an artist for each story they were doing and uh, that story was about uh, that there is the, the lockdown is in you know the whole country but there is no lockdown on the atrocities which are based uh, on caste so uh, during that time i used my that that the form that i was playing with the wax and i tried to create a 3d model of a particular story i was assigned so that was one you know one one way i could communicate my work as a candle maker through not candle making mm. yeah but the but playing with the form that you know i i have become very familiar with mm-hmm. yeah so we just like you just talk a little bit about form and how then candle making is not just about the material sort of the wax basically and how it can take various forms so is this and the creative process is this something that you of course learned on your own but is there a more like uh, a community uh, based way of doing candle making like when you let's say uh if you collaborate with someone or if you have collaborated with someone does it take on different forms or um or is the form something that you are imagining at an kind of a level where you know the interactions are something that like you said the project where someone told you to you know do it in a certain way give you a story and then you kind of experimented with it uh but is there a way in which uh, the form can also go beyond that and um i don't know if i'm explaining this properly but like for instance i have seen in some of your candles the size matters right uh some of them are very elaborate they are meant for let's say very special occasions uh some of them are smaller in size but there seems to be something within them whether through leaves or through flowers you kind of you're telling a certain story so then the then the candle is not just about the wax it's also about other material that you're bringing together and trying to cre- create a certain kind of art so i'm wondering if uh there is an aspect where you um collaborate or you you know um have other people helping with the labor aspect of it and how then the form of the candle changes depending on who is shaping them when i say shaping them i mean not necessarily creatively but physically with their hands um yeah i mean um, in my work i have been the sole uh, workforce yeah, yet i hope i have more helping hands later but uh, this work uh, i think from um, procuring to the raw materials to you know delivering them i take care of the whole thing and uh, this work is uh, you know when it is about uh, uh, changing the form i surely believe in that that it does and uh, and in in you know many ways that i cannot even imagine 
it can also it can um, this work has also taught me by the way how to make lip balms for example you know because it involves wax and it involves a lot of process which is similar and so is the soap making and you know so yeah i mean uh, this this uh, form it it has that essence in it and uh, it 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 depends on what one wants and when it comes to the sizes also i take care of uh, uh, first of all the affordability because candles are not something which generally you know for example when i started making candles it was after i think a year or so i lit one candle for me i never lit it for myself so i think candles are something which people you know generally don't buy and if they buy then um, you know there is certain kind of access and there is certain kind of you know um i'm environment that is required which is you know which um which makes one think of buying them so for that reason i wanted to make my candles um accessible maybe to a you know um bigger population so i kept small sizes with different for example i made uh, bright flags uh, at the time i wanted it uh, little so that it should be easier to carry plus there is the you know there is a the flag that people want and uh, yeah i and uh, it is also affordable so that way a lot of my friends could also buy it a lot of people you know earlier my candles were a little expensive uh i had no idea how to you know at at the time i was starting but then i slowly slowly found out that how uh, i i don't think that you know i get enough uh, uh 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 enough income for the labor that i put in but still it it is also um, you know taking care of the fact that uh, it is it is giving me enough to sustain but it is also making it uh, possible for the other person to buy so when it comes to the sizes and also aesthetics for example so there is this one candle that i am experimenting with nowadays so it involves a certain kind of flower that we get on campus only and it comes during the monsoon and for when you put when you work with the flowers on candles they have to be completely dry which takes months for them to press and you know dry them and keep their pigment on and if there is any amount of heat or there is any amount of humidity goes into those flowers they immediately get ruined ruined so uh, yeah i think that you know that that whole process of me going to the campus plucking those flowers and you know arranging them it is a it is like it sometimes feel like uh, you know um, trying to grow a plant itself so yeah i you know it's it's and when i make that candle uh, of course i since i put in so much so much of my labor i want a certain kind of reward uh, monetarily for at least the work that i did and uh, and also the aesthetic that i'm trying to create but uh, at the same time it's if there is you know uh, there is that if i have the possibility of making another uh, another version which i may find beautiful to make uh, of that candle in a shorter you know in a shorter size i would make that so that it is it is all it it that the other candle also has that you know a little vibe of that that aesthetic 
but it it is also a little you know accessible to people mm-hmm. yeah i actually remember you once told me because you also support your family uh through you know uh by sort of selling uh candles and i remember you once said to me that when you built this ha- your house uh how you kind of you know decorated with candles and uh, yeah. some of your neighbors were kind of really surprised and appreciated that so i can see you know that like class and caste is something that is associated with it uh, but do, do you feel it when you have customers uh, i don't know if you get customers who demand a certain kind of you know candles but uh, so far have you had experiences where people want certain things in the candles or when you went to let's say delhi hut uh, did people respond to those posters of baba saheb or savitribai phule or stand with kashmir was there any kind of uh, interactions where you got a sense as to um, where is your uh, customer base as in within a certain class caste what was it like uh in uh, delhi hat my experience was very you know what it would be like in a mall or something like that because uh, first of all i think most of the population that came there they thought that i am some kind of ngo or something they wouldn't see what's written but they would you know just take a hang of it and then move around but i also met a few people who were interested who were uh, more than interest they 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 uh, they they also found it a little you can say uh, a little shocking to have candles and you know all those things together and i remember it was also a very um, vulnerable time because putting a poster of kashmir in delhi hat you know um, the day and the you know the day that it happened it was a it was not a, you know a very um, immediate decision to make but but yeah i i decided to do that and uh, the to the photos of uh, you, know, you know baba saheb and uh, savitri bai uh, people were trying to create uh, getting discount <laughs> they were trying to get discount out of it so they said that uh, um, uh, we are only buying because of you know kashmir or we are only buying because of baba saheb you put it at the right price or something like that so yeah these kind of customers that i have met uh, i think in in my um, seven days of uh, putting a stall in delhi hat i must have found only four to five people which which were really you know looking into what's uh, what's being said out or they gave gave it a thought rested a little you know saw it a little interacted with me something like that but uh, in delhi hat my experience was not of you know was not something that um, that i thought that it would be so what were you expecting like were you expecting some kind of more like you know uh deeper uh interactions is that what you were looking for uh not if not deeper uh, interactions but also not something you know which is uh, which is just uh, um ignorance of ignorance of you know what i put there i uh, people were generally just you know just like they came to um, they saw that there are some candles and then you know um they just first of all i think i i there is a, i i believe that there is an amount to bargain there is an you know there is a, a thought that goes okay if you there is nothing wrong in it but at the same time you should know that you are not uh, you know may, putting it at something which is which is which does not leave anything for the other person 
it should not be like that so this kind of crowd i met a lot which make made me a little frustrated if one comes and you know if buys the product they like or something and there is a you know there is a healthy interaction with the product about the product they ask for the time that you know it will uh, it will burn for they ask about you know other specifications of the product that that uh, makes me feel that someone is trying to you know um inquire about the product not just plainly you know ignoring uh, and just trying to you know i i don't understand in a 100 rupees candle people just you know trying to get 3 in 100 rupees that doesn't make sense so these kind of crowds i got a lot but interestingly i also saw that um, these people um they when it comes to you know when it comes to things that uh, sustain for long like candle it burns and finishes but uh, you know for example a bed sheet would would stay so that kind of investment is more that side so that made me observe that and uh, yeah regarding aesthetics i think this like um, as you mentioned um, before uh that in my house i you know i decorated it and um yeah i mean that was a very proud moment for me because uh, i i think it this time i really forced my parents into into seeing that this aesthetic is you know it's i don't know if they will ever get a chance to you know see it as aesthetic or something and not something they they would act so repulsive towards it and they will hide it in sanduk or something and only take out if some guest comes or something like that but this time i forcibly put it put put things there not forcibly but yeah i just put things there so that i don't know i was just thinking maybe the uh, the you know the um, the efforts towards taking a pleasure of some aesthetic uh you know if i i do that then i i try to create that effort for them also hmm i guess it's also about you know like maybe um kind of feeling guilty that uh, they are sort of having these very so called ex- i mean in a way expensive right like things uh, for them yeah. so they would rather you know keep it when they are guests which is i think like i've seen a lot of people do that even my family yeah um yeah but but do you think that uh, because in india like uh, candles are also something which are lit at like you know uh, religious places uh, apart from of course diyas and other kinds of you know incense sticks and everything so uh, but then this is a this is your like candles are not necessarily for that kind of you know aesthetics like religious but then they do feel like do you feel like there could be like a connection at a more like uh uh religious level do you think that can happen in the indian context i think people generally go with like uh, people going with candles at a religious place i have uh, uh i have not seen yet and uh, my biggest buyers are kids and you know my peers or uh, and in, and also i i have seen that people who feel a lot of melancholy and they would you know I, like for example i uh, i uh, had a stall in vanamarts festival in chennai there there was this uh, person who had uh, lost their daughter 
and uh, they wanted to you know get a candle and they were asking me that if i burn this candle uh, will it stay or will it your uh, or, or will it you know will it will it go go away so there they put it a question in a way they put that question in a way that that was like this i hope this candle won't finish you know and uh, that was some sort of interaction with the uh, you know um i would say more uh, i mean it it made me realize that um what kind of uh, feelings one can associate with candles mm-hmm. so um i would say yeah i mean in terms of you know crowd and in terms of um uh, in terms of you know the um, the feeling that one associates with candles is uh, is very uh, is limited to um, to i would say more to the non religious side in religious i would in maybe the uh, in the context of church uh the candles that i have seen which are used in church are generally a uh, pillar candles you know plain long candles yeah and yeah. i yeah i don't think i have ever made a plain long pillar candle yet yeah i can see the the person who came and asked you that question the like kind of a spiritual connection that they were trying to not religious but spiritual connection that yeah. they were perhaps trying to develop and it's kind of i find also candles to be a very fascinating um piece of art because of things which are uh, you know the material material aspect of it but also things which finishes quickly um and may not even leave a trace uh yeah. of, of course in some cases they do uh but in some cases uh, they don't because i remember uh, in during kali puja in kolkata uh, i was the one who would be responsible for lighting the candles uh uh-huh. and i would always be fascinated by the traces they would leave like the wax but some some candles yeah. would not leave that i could all, all i would also be kind of fascinated why you know certain candles are leaving it some 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 candles are not leaving it but it was like a process that i really enjoyed sort of you know as a as a curious sort of child kind of <laughs> yeah i remember that uh, during my childhood i made one candle out of that you know leftover wax by putting it in a papaya stem which had you know some some space in it so that was the first candle that i had made in my childhood with that leftover wax only which you know candles would leave thoda thoda yeah mm-hmm. also i wanted to know the your relationship to like delhi because you have sort of moved here for your education and uh, i believe uh, you told me once that uh candle making started as a process that you enjoy but also the pro- pro- uh, process that you know uh would help you sustain yourself and your family um and you are someone who also rides a bike you know which is not a conventional yeah. thing i guess uh i don't know how you identify but it's not a conventional thing for a feminine body or a a body assigned yeah. female at birth especially in a city like delhi so how do you navigate that aspect of labor the fact that you go to chandni chowk or other places to buy your material and then go to jnu to also you know study and then now of course you would go to jnu i guess you know like you said to maybe collect flowers or do other things for your sort of meeting your friends 
So what does it mean to travel in a city like Delhi? And uh, what changes did you see like from where you come? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you are in UP, right? Like you, your place, your yeah. home. So yeah. what kind of differences do you see? And I'm thinking about uh, the city in general, but I'm also thinking about your being a, a whom I see as a queer artist and someone who has been yeah. so active in Hasrate, the queer collective uh, in JNU. Uh, you also kind of, you know, have had a lot of interactions with all of us, uh, whether through yeah. selling candles or performance. So what does it mean for you to sort of navigate the city um, in the in the last couple of years? I think uh, my time in Delhi has been a constant, uh, you know, uh, a, like the constant episodes of being lost and found. In um, Delhi, I I mean, for example, like, you know, I can go at any time to JNU right now and, you know, get the flowers that I wanted. At my home, I could never do that. I could never do that in the evening, stepping out, you know, in the dark alone it is it is just so it uh, i feel suffocated there in a sense when it comes to travel if we look at it you know uh, specifically and uh, but there is a sense of warmth obviously in home you know at, i mean at home uh, especially when when my parents try to understand me or when i make understand them certain things and certain things about my liberty but they they even if they're trying to discuss it or you know have a dialogue with me it is it is within those four walls it cannot go beyond the moment it goes beyond those four walls it it turns in, into something else it is not the thing that i you know i was trying to communicate anymore so delhi gives me that space delhi gives me you know go beyond those walls. Delhi gives me that space of, you know, um, I mean, it has a certain kind of uh, insecurity in it, I would say uh, for sure. And it is sometimes, you know, no matter how much uh, crowd you're going into, you will just suddenly sometimes feel very lost. But still, as in terms of building my identity or, you know, um, um, a, a, a feeling of safety, despite how, uh, you know, how much uh, um, safety shoes we have in Delhi, those things apart. But when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, maybe trying to express or finding little, little, you know, trying to make efforts to find little spaces to express oneself, that Delhi gives me that. Delhi gives me that. It is, again, I would, uh, you know, <laughs> summarize it into that, that those episodes of being lost and found in Delhi. And uh, yes, with the bike, with the bike, it becomes, I become more, you know, I mean, I tend to uh, catch attention of people because some people can't digest that or some people would really, you know, find that cool and things. And But my primary motive to buy a bike was it's more, it's it requires lesser maintenance and it is, you know, cheaper than a scooter or scooty, whatever. And uh, yeah, it is, it is, you know, it can, it, it, I mean, it is really, really easy to maintain and uh, it is lesser accident prone than, than a scooty. Oh, so I that was too. my, uh -huh. I didn't know that, that it was less accident prone. 
yeah it is because uh, scooty has this uh, smaller uh, that no tire so the smaller oh, okay. tire they tend to skid more than the bigger tire you, so, you should teach me how to ride a bike i i, I think i used to also tell you when i was in jnu <laughs> yeah at the time you were learning how to cycle na yeah <laughs> and of course now i'm even like falling from the cycle now and then but yeah <laughs> It's good. Yeah, but once you know the cycle, I think you can easily learn two wheelers. Yeah, I just that I'm like scared a little bit of like speed. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I enjoy the freedom that often people associate with. You know, speed. Speed. Uh, Even me too. I drive very controlled. I mean, I ride my bike very in a very controlled manner. also because i have had two accidents that too also in you know that uh, when i was driving driving the my bike very in a very controlled manner but um still i i i think yeah i would also have that fear with speed i am i am extra careful when i ride the bike mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm thinking like how have you how have you been able to sort of uh, navigate your queerness in the city did you find any spaces like uh which you felt were like you know uh either i don't know what's the right word would be uh, but safe is perhaps not the word that i want to use here but a space which can be uh nourishing uh, and it might need not be in delhi per se it could be in other places like you said you went to chennai recently yeah uh or any other space have you been able to find those spaces uh i think in uh, in pondicherry maybe in pondicherry i had that kind of space where you know i also those spaces if we are talking about a proper you know space of of a group or something like that i i have found that that things when you know when it is with the queerness it just can't be you know it just can't be uh, i mean you can't call queerness in some abstract of you know just uh, you can't make that right because you know again we as people we have you know many intersections and mm-hmm. in uh, when it when it when it is about you know groups that i have i have uh, been into i have found a certain kind of uh, uh i could not accommodate i could not i felt a certain kind of consciousness i felt a certain kind of you know um i you would say i was just i don't know i was trying to prove something to even to even i don't know whom so the spaces they gave me feeling like that but i have surely you know met people who gave me that space where i would be you know i can be i can feel uh, you know safe and you know um and uh, you know um yeah i mean i will be comfortable and uh, i'll have that you know the the queer space that i have i was you know i was maybe you know trying to find and you are one of those people you know who gave me that space and i would not uh, you know even in hasrat i would not say, not say that for everyone and uh, yeah pondicherry was also one place where i i found those spaces uh with people and uh, and with some you know yeah some cool kittens yeah that's really sweet of you to say that i do miss our uh, 
long walks around uh, the campus when you would go hula hooping, you know, and I would just walk along or sit outside the hostel. Um, so yeah, those were, and in fact, I was just telling someone recently how I would just walk around the campus and sometimes I would run into you. Um, yeah. uh, and I think mostly you because you would also be around the same time after dinner. So it was yeah. Like, yeah, it was really a nice intimate sort of moment. Um but but yeah, I, I don't know. I was like about Pondicherry. So why were you in Pondicherry? Was it like um like a holiday or was it work? Like, can you tell me a little about that? Yeah, it was it was before I, you know, I started hula hooping or candle making. It was it was a time when uh, I think it was during when I came out as a queer. And uh, in Pondicherry, it was a trip. It was a random, I mean, it was not random per se. I had, you know, thought of going there, but it was not decided at that, that time I would go. And uh, of course, it was, you know, that, you know, during my first year, I had a certain, you know, kind of uh, assault incident and that really impacted my life. So I was trying to find an escape through, you know, and during my... in. Uh, in the during summer the campus was really hot and uh, at that time I remember I became really uh, fascinated with with these romanticized stories of you know cashless trip and I decided to take one so I knew one person from campus who had a cafe there and uh, so I asked them that if I you know I could work in their cafe um, and for food and shelter so I kind of made an arrangement like that. And uh, so, yeah, it was my first cashless trip. And it was I, it was a bizarre experience. It was, you know, really full, full of ups and downs. I also had my first bike accident there. And uh, since I, I did not, uh, you know, I mean, it was not in monetarily, I did not plan this trip. And I was trying to, you know, kind of doing a barter system kind of thing. They're doing gardening or painting or cleaning, things like that, you know, uh, for food and shelter, something like that. But also uh, during that time, I uh, it uh, the, peep, the person I went to, um, the cafe owner, I did not feel comfortable at all. And I kind of at the time during my accident, I was regretting that, you know, why did I come like this? And uh, this is not practical you know, during this time, I have no support. I have, I kind of felt, uh, you'd say, uh, very uh, trapped, very entrapped and humiliated at certain point of times. But then um, the moment that I was about to leave, I uh, I just found a support system. Um, so, you know, I found a few people and uh, it was kind of a little group. So, yeah, that made me sustain there 15 days more with, you know, with it was a it then it uh, didn't feel that, you know, humiliating or something. And I was just I could just, you know, enjoy it uh, with the, all. And I, I did another all of the things there. I remember I did a massage workshop there to, you know, to wow. <laughs> try to earn something. Yeah, a musical massage because I, I have really good hands on rhythm. So, yeah, I used to do that. So this is how I, you know, earned enough money to, you know, enjoy and come back. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, the, how you managed to sort of, you know, 
survive um in a in a situation which perhaps wasn't really uh, great for you at several levels um so what is next for you like jyoti in terms of either you being um uh, an artist um uh, or uh, i don't know if you are also planning to do something in french literature uh so what is next in terms of are you collaborating with someone are you doing more like you know like the project that you mentioned earlier about the antikas project so what is next so uh my plans had really you know changed uh, post lockdown things went really haywire i think with most of the people and uh, also as i mentioned in my you know during my first question that my body's response to response to trauma was forgetting dance and earlier i was thinking i'd do masters uh, the course that you know in erasmus mundus program it is called choreo mundus it's about dance and i thought that you know i had come to campus thinking of those kind of things that i do and the masters that you know i'll aspire to do but my body is uh, at for a for i think for a year or or more i have been struggling to push it you know to just dance and it's not happening and it makes me more frustrated but now i have kind of accepted it with the hula hoop if you know if the program they accept the program they they accept that in a program as a they validated as a you know as a as a dance form uh maybe and now right now my hula hoop is also just not hula hoop it has become a mixture of you know all my previous movements which come naturally which my body has taken the you know rhythm of and plus hula hooping so it's kind of a dance but yeah i mean i'd like to uh, next i'd like to first of all have a basic monetary stability i'll i'll work till the time i have my brother settled so then he can take a, take care of the family and i'll be free to uh, you know uh, work upon my dreams and uh, i have some responsibilities that i'll take care of uh, but at the same time i'd like to really evolve with the candles this is some work i remember i was the other day i was you know discussing it with a friend that this work has i have real i have worked on candles like you know four five days not sleeping in a row but not even once i have felt that why am i doing this or you know what kind of mess i am into not even once i have had moments of you know very uh, anxious moments very vulnerable moments also very good moments also you know really happy i mean those pictures where i am i am really happy with my work i am i have the, the kind of smile i have never seen i, I don't think I've, i i'll ever see that that uh, that you know smile on my face and but at the same time this is some work which really really keeps me uh, keeps me closer to my identity so this is something i'd like to you know whatever i'm doing i always find time time for it Yeah, that's so nice to hear um and this is one last question given the so much of like discussion uh, these days around uh, gay marriages and everything family um why why what do you think about in general about companionship like and the function of love if there is one in romantic love in your life or do you think like you are happy where you are right now and that's not something that you need per se to you know carry on or to like be what you are 
I think uh, uh, companionship, the role of companionship has has really taken a crucial form right now in my life uh, since since some time, and uh, I think I have lived a lot of a long long time of being alone and uh, being inhibited. But the uh, role of love, I would. in my case i have found that it was not exactly related to my liberation as you know as we hear love of being very liberated or something but i was maybe my my uh, pursuit of love has been of uh, of warmth and safety and warmth is warmth is something that i really seek that i really really seek and i really need it i think i think i uh, it's very important important for me uh, to have that you know uh, thing otherwise i feel i feel i feel really really depressed and i feel really uh, really forgotten so i don't have that relationship with my parents but i have it with my i have bonded it uh, over during lockdown with my brother so there will be moments like you know um um like if i am cooking for my brother then i would uh, just stop in between and ask him that you know if you don't uh, give me a kiss then the recipe will be incomplete so you know that oh, little so sweet yeah. <laughs> yeah and that would just make make you know make my day enough to you know work hard for the next day so warmth is very important for me especially in tough times because then it is really tough to get also everybody is so frustrated and you know the whole situations uh, whole situation becomes so chaotic that you know yeah so these little little i consciously you know trying to man- i am consciously uh, trying to manifest it with my brother's relationship with me so presently he is one companion that i'm really really grateful for him living with me it uh, it it kind of pushes me to you know to go go to do some work i don't really like at 4 o'clock in the morning you know every day it gives me that push mhm it's also like nice to have someone like that in your life um not necessarily like romantic but someone as a companion who is out there to support you whom you can like rely on and trust um yeah yeah and i wish i had a sibling um you know because i don't have one uh so i don't know what it is to have like what what is the feeling um yeah but thank you so much for this interview and it's great to know that you are in a relatively good space right now and i hope that you can also you know like explore the world beyond like you know india like you said there are plans to kind of yeah. uh pursue a program outside india uh, maybe also in us if you are interested in dance and maybe i'll see you yeah. also here or in india when i'll be back soon uh, it would be good to kind of chat and meet again like we did last year yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh, really great seeing you then yeah <laughs> uh, thank you so much So I think it's it's okay. pretty late I guess now in India so go to sleep Yeah yeah morning care. I have to wake up <laughs> Yeah take care thank you Jyoti Yeah
you too you too thank you for the interview it was really nice to talk to you thank you bye bye good night